The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of Beyond is sponsored by Borderlands 2 VR and PlayStation VR. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Greetings and salutations, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Podcast Beyond. Filling Beyond. in for Jonathan Dornbush, I'm Max Goval. Joining me, Brian Altano. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. And Tina Amini. Hello, Beyond. Later on in the show, we're going to have Andrew Goldfarb to come on and talk about Persona, which I'm sure will be just fine. But in the meantime, Tina, you got up bright and early to play some Red Dead Online. Sure did. It just launched in a kind of weird closed beta today. Mm-hmm. I want to hear all about that, but first, a little bit of housekeeping we're going to be doing Beyond Live very soon on Monday, December 10th in San Francisco. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. It's going to be a live recording of Beyond at 6 p.m. You can try out Borderlands 2 VR early and hang out with us, and you can sign up for a ticket at the link in the description of this very episode. So please, before Tina tells us about Red Dead, why don't you go do that? Yeah, come come party with us. Yeah, It'll be a good come time. Yeah, out. Uh, okay, we're done with all the housekeeping. I think we're good. Yeah. How's Red Dead? It's Red Dead. It's more Red Dead. So Red Dead 2 Online launches this week. Um, As of Friday, I think it'll be officially open to the public. Uh, It's really genuinely like more Red Dead 2. It opens up and you have a character creator, so that's a little different. Uh, You can do all sorts of things like mess with your makeup. I really appreciated that they had matte lipstick versus like other normal lipstick. I feel like that's not remotely historically accurate. Yeah, I don't think they had matte lipstick back in the the day, but there were lots of options there. Can you play as a girl? Yes. Oh wow! Because so you know you can only be a man with lipstick. It's very <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> but it's is it a full blown character creator like from the ground up, or is it like GTA Five where you have to design your grandparents and then like crossbreed no, yourself you, um, or whatever? It's it's pretty much from the ground up. Uh, I would I would say it's not as like the most robust character creator, so you can't go in and make a Sadie Adler or whatever if you wanted to. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but you pick between a man and a woman. There are various hairstyles. Uh, there are some like sliders, so you can mess around with the length of things, the positioning of things. So you know, there's some. There's some depth like, in there. What do you mean, like the nose and like the yeah. ear? So you can exactly. make like a big goofy idiot man. You could totally do that. You can make like big goofy ears. I think they even call it goofy ears. Really? Yeah. The names of things are really cute. So like, I picked a lip um, option that was a smoocher, which basically just meant like really big full lips. <laughs> wow. So I went with the smoocher. Um, for my teeth options, I chose gummy, which means no teeth. Wow. Oh. Because I decided if I was gonna have disgusting like yellow brown, like yeah. only two teeth on the top row and three on the bottom, I might as well just go no when teeth. We, right? yeah, when we when we first saw idea. Red Dead at that behind closed doors demo, one of the first things that jumped out at me is how 
appropriately historically disgusting some of the teeth were. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is the thing I noticed because my, my wife is a dentist and we watch any film or game or whatever and she's immediately like, oh, those are bad teeth. Let me tell you why. And I'm like, I just want to enjoy the film. But uh, <laughs> it's good to know that they're doing good historically accurate uh, gingivitis. I like she that will they have, have lots to say about yeah. the teeth yeah. in this game. Do they I like have, that they have cutesy nicknames for all yeah. like the weird, like it sounds like something you would call somebody in a, in a bar. Do they have yeah. old timey peony teeth? They have, um, uh, I forget the names of them, but they, they, uh, they, it's pretty much that. Piani teeth is the... Are you the, talking about like when they drop a piano on Daffy Duck and he smiles? Yeah, when they're Why, all Brian, like that's exactly what I'm discussing. Because <laughs> they do, they, they're either like really sharp or there's really legitimately only two on each okay. row. So it does look like, you know, they've been in some fist fights. Cool. I've never really times. understood how that happens to Daffy Duck, by the way. With like yeah. the piano lands in his head. We're just kind of like... Right in his mouth. I don't think ducks have teeth. Or if they do, they're like on the roof of their mouth or they something. They can't talk either. It's a cartoon. Plus, anyway. if that happens, it would definitely just be gummy version. Yeah. I think the duck would just yeah. die. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Fair. Speaking of wildlife and uh, murder, uh, is the Red Dead world, it is like the full-blown Red Dead open world. Yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell on first blush, because it's only been two hours that I dove into it, it's and it's very much just scratching the surface. But you dive in, there's a story mission. Um, you're kind of given like a camp right off the bat uh, and introduced to a character who sets you off to a couple of your quests. Uh, there are stranger missions. There's random encounters. Oh, wow. There's a, I killed a cougar at one point. There's like a bunch of wildlife around that you would normally expect. Um, but there is a story? There's like a... Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's, wow. that's so cool. Okay, yeah. so I mean, with GTA V, we definitely saw, it, you know, it's got like, it's got bits of like story in there, but it felt for the most part kind of like a, just a multiplayer component. Just like segues, of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the world felt noticeably more empty, yeah. uh, which I think was, you know, the limitation of it being built on like last gen technology. Mm-hmm. But this time around, would you say like this is almost like another... Another act of Red Dead, kind of? Yeah, it legitimately feels like when I'm walking down, there are people greeting me, although it's a little odd because uh, as far as I could tell, I couldn't greet them. I could emote at them, mm-hmm. which is how you kind of interact with other players if you don't have proximity voice chat on. Um, but there's tons of players around, too, and that's impressive considering it's still in this closed beta structure as of this morning. Do they know that this game was gigantic to begin with and we didn't necessarily need this much more of it already? Yeah, you know, I, I wonder if they were expecting people to be done by yeah. this point, but it's they're still very much cautiously framing it as a beta. Got it. Um, and that's because of the, you know, mishaps that went down with GTA Online uh, a few years back with it launching and not to like, you know, perfection. So I think they're taking this one slow yeah. uh, and expecting that people probably wouldn't have finished it. Well, it seems like it's, it's a, a pretty stable launch, especially compared to you know, how GTA launched. Yeah. Um, but I think it's you know, far more prepared this time. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. good that they're they're being you know they're calling it a beta and they're kind yeah. of slowly rolling it out. But I think there's also much more of a precedent set for what you know the, like the long tail of an online Rockstar game looks like, especially after GTA Five. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously they're going to add more to this. But right now um, there are a bunch of modes. Uh, I don't know which ones you got to play, Tina. But I'm going to run down these really quick. Um, there's shootout and team shootout, which is just a nice cowboy way of saying deathmatch and team deathmatch. Uh, there's make it count, which is Battle Royale with knives and bows. There's Most Wanted, where everybody gets points per kill, and the more points you get, the more points that you're worth if somebody kills you, which is kind of a nice uh, variation on, I don't know, getting points or whatever. And there's Hostile Territory, where you take over different territories. And there's Name Your Weapon, where the more ludicrous and old-timey the weapon is and the more difficult it is to use, the more points you get for actually killing somebody with it. Uh, so those are some all some very interesting modes. I have played Deathmatch. 
out of those. Yeah, that's it. So we, because what we did, uh, Ryan and I were streaming this morning, and we did a couple of story missions, did a couple of stranger missions, uh, and then tried to rob a train, and it didn't go so well. So Mm. we just shot the town up in Valentine. (laughs) Sounds about like Um, Red Dead, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so we had a little bit of fun there, but we did stumble upon a deathmatch just arena, and you can kind of like you can load in through your menu, or you can load in through just finding a kind of like podium around the world. Uh, And so it was, it felt like my my character was moving a lot faster, and I saw a lot of people like doing these strafe techniques already. Weird. So, yeah, it yeah, felt like a little bit more fast paced than Arthur would normally. Well, do. that's interesting because I mean, obviously, that's like one of the bigger complaints that people were pretty outspoken about with Red Dead was that just character movement in that game is sluggish, yeah, decidedly, and you know, sort of yep. tied to the time period. Um, but the yeah, idea but I of think like for the fluidity of like a deathmatch kind of scenario, you need that. Yeah. No. Totally. Now, like. What do we know about this Battle Royale thing? Because this just sort of like slipped out this morning, right? Yeah, I mean, we know pretty much what what, uh, Max just said is it's kind of the same conceit of, you know, the map kind of narrowing in down on you. Do you hot air um, balloon in? No, but that would be cool. You should, because I missed that one scene in, in the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you just you you probably wake up by a campfire and everyone's there to they're just gonna do a yeah they're just like everyone's killing each other yeah I'm I'm really curious about this I like the idea of it like starting out and everyone's got some throwing knives or a bow and arrow with a few arrows but being able to find other stuff is of course set makes it more fun Um, yeah that's very much more the I guess the like classic style of battle royale whereas mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to be doing it that route I I wish I played so I could tell you but uh, I think it's more like just centered on it being the rock star version of battle royale I'm sure that they're gonna they're gonna tweak it and and do stuff in response to what the community wants get some rocket launchers in there that would be interesting (laughs) (laughs) what what weapon are you picking oh the cannon I mean Um, it wouldn't be the first time they put some random easter eggy thing in there so no totally yeah Yeah, I'm I am like so excited to see what the long tail of this is because like you know there's you know there's there's little glimpses of sort of future technology in in red dead you know sprinkled throughout and of course there's you know you look at what they did with gta which is a fairly grounded you know setting and then they're like you know fast forward and they're like we got spy technology we got Mm -hmm. a bunch of crap from moonraker we got tron motorcycles like i hope they throw in that tarantula from wild wild west some flying (laughs) machines old timey gyrocopters Mm -hmm. all the best references wooden submarines um but yeah, uh, what kind of stranger missions did you have in there? Like, did you? Um, we went on one where we basically hunted a bunch of targets. Uh, we ran into Bonnie McFarlane, which was in the first game. Uh, oh. Yeah, so that's very early on, so I wouldn't worry too much about any spoilers right. there. But uh, we go get a cart for her. Um, so you're, you're doing a lot of this of similar activities that you would be doing in, in the main game. It genuinely, like, genuinely, genuinely feels like just playing the game over again. But there's other players that you can mess around with. And Ryan and I did get into some griefing. What happens if you start griefing people or? If people come up and kill you like how uh, that? your honor goes down and so your honor level actually does matter in this game so you're you're reset with i mean you're not playing arthur mm-hmm. so you reset in terms of you know your money or your weapons um so you don't have any of like the similar access and that includes your honor too so you start right from the get-go right down the middle uh and i did not mean to no i meant to kill ryan he stole my horse so here's the thing if you you have to posse up to make sure that friendly fire is off if you want to do that so i invited ryan to my game but we became enemies, I guess, um, because he turned red on my map. And I think you have, you have to posse up in order to like be able to play friendly. Uh, and so he got he meant to get on my horse with me, but he stole my horse. And so I turned around and I shot him because I thought it was funny. And my honor went down. 
So it definitely does work in that realm. And then towards the end, we were just griefing people. Uh, this this one player, Kevin, sorry, Kevin. Um, <laughs> he was the only one there. Uh, we just started griefing just to, to have a little fun. So we were like lassoing him and dragging him through town while I shot the cops behind us. It was what you would expect out you, of a You, you lassoed know, Kevin star. and dragged him through town? Well, uh, Ryan lassoed Kevin. Mm-hmm. I just him. shot him a few times. Got it. God. And then he, you can break free from being lassoed by other players. Kevin. <laughs> exactly. Now, obviously, like uh, one of the sort of more overt things about GTA Online that I don't think a lot of people really remember or recognize is that it was sort of rife with microtransactions, but in a good way. There was stuff like, you know, $100 gold planes and uh, very crazy over-the-top weapons and skins and stuff like that. Did you see any of that here? Like, is there any hints of that yet? Nothing that I've seen so far. People were asking about that while we were on the stream and there was nothing that popped up. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, necessarily say that there isn't entirely because, again, it was just two hours and I really felt like we just scratched the very minimum surface of I saw something. I was I was reading a few different articles around, but I think there's I think there's two different currencies, kind of in the same way that I think that GTA has that, where there's this there's the there's dollars, but there's also gold. I think. Yeah, I jumped on my PS4 over the weekend to check out like all the Black Friday, Cyber Monday digital sales going mm. on, and like one of the big things up there was discounted price on GTA Five currency mm. and just spending. It was weird because it was like there were sixty dollars video games for forty dollars, and right next to it there was like eighty dollars worth of GTA currency for sixty dollars, and I was like. Wow. Yeah, people have different Which priorities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, a buddy of mine plays a ton of uh, GTA Five, and he's you know he he works in games, but he, it's funny because I go over to his house and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "My car flies now," and I'm like, "Oh, and how does that work?" And he's like, "Well, I'm an adult, so I have real money, and I wanted a flying car, and now I go in the game and I fight the children who just play the game." Yeah. And it's like that's I mean, I you could argue that's sort of pay to win, but that's mm-hmm. not really in a competitive. You know, setting like he doesn't get to use it in races or anything. He just uses it screwing around in the open world. So yeah, I mean, it's also the sort of like just cultural ecosystem around the way that game lives narratively is sort yeah. of always been about balling out and like looking bigger and better than yeah. everybody and having the best stuff. I mean, the fact that there was like story missions in GTA Five about insider trading, yep. you know, and it was about the general like evil nature of you know consumerism in in LA, but like. I wonder how that's going to look in Red Dead because it seems like it's a little bit more egregious if you're buying shark cards and you know gold yachts and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The whole point in Red Dead is supposed to be like you earn your way through because you start off pretty like you know low and beaten mm-hmm. and battered in the campaign, and you kind of do uh, in the main story for uh, online as well. So it's it's supposed to be that you earn through it, which is why people who are using that gold bar exploit, uh, you know, felt a little bit like it ruined the narrative in the game because you're like fighting for survival. Yeah. I right. do I do respect the fact that like. <laughs> like Rockstar, obviously they have, you know, they have trophy support and they have online components with, you know, microtransactions, but they still have cheat codes in their games, yeah. which yeah. is very nice. There's something kind of... And they make it fun to that. discover. It's like part of the experience. Yeah. Did you get the sense, I know it's way too early to tell, but did you get the sense that this is going to be a, like, world-crushing Oh. S- series of events in the same way that GTA Online was? I mean, here's the interesting thing, is that it's off to a better foot, I would say, than GTA Online. So it's already primed to be. But the interesting thing about Red Dead in general is I think it's pretty divisive, like, yeah. critically speaking. Um, the, the amount of people who like love it versus hate it, it seems pretty split. Uh, so I feel like the same would be said for online as well. I mean, a couple people in the stream were saying like, wow, this is really boring to watch. And for all I know, that might have been me. For me. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I think it's also that you spend a lot of time like riding from one part of town to the next part of town 
around. And this it's a big map. And when you spawn in, you actually like have your camp at a randomized location uh, and your clothes are randomized, randomized and whatnot as well. So like Ryan spawned in close to Valentine. I was closer to Tumbleweed. So we were like on opposite ends of the map oh, wow. essentially. Um, so there's a lot of riding around to meet up with people. I think some of the um, some of these like multiplayer modes would be entertaining oh. uh, and, and keep that shelf life up there for sure though. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll, we'll know for sure when MPD hits, but like uh, it's obviously yeah. going to be the best selling game. It was right behind Call of Duty, but it, it sort of tail ended release wise. I mean, it's, there's millions it's, of people are going to play this. It's going to do fine. It'll be I, okay. I think that the appeal of Cowboys stuff is considerably less than like Lamborghinis and Jet Fighter stuff. Yep, that's but the I think thing. it's it's still going to do fine. Not but, everyone's um, into a Western. I mean, the yep. cool thing is that it will have the long-term support that GTA Five did, mm-hmm. yep. for, you know, for better or for worse. Uh, now, moving on, uh, the Game Awards are just around the corner. Jeff Keighley has been uh, teasing those relentlessly, uh, and we've got a couple little rumors that are floating around. Uh, because of those. Um, oh, before that, should we talk about how we'll all be there and then we'll be at a fan fest thingy? Yeah, do you shape? have the details on that? I don't, do you? <laughs> Not offhand. Check right. IGN.com for details on the IGN fan yeah. fest. We're, I, we're throwing a meet and greet the day after December the Game Awards 7th. in LA. So if you're there, come say hello. Free admission. If you can't make it to uh, the Live Beyond in San Francisco and you're in the LA area, yeah, that is come what? There. That is December 8th? 8th. 8th. Uh, yes. The Friday right. of that week. Here, I've got, I've got the info. Well, there we go. IGN Fan Fest 2018, the Globe Theater, 740 Broadway, Los Angeles, December 7th, 6 to 11 p.m. Uh, RSVP at IGN events at IGN.com. There you go. There we go. And if you need someone to do your homework for you on the bus, Tina Amini. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) so Game Awards are coming up. A couple things floating around. People are saying, are rumored that we're going to see Death Stranding release date, possibly, or maybe Ghost Uh, of Tsushima. Jeff Keighley tweeted out just before we came in here that there were going to be 10 brand new reveals at the show, um, and that that will sort of be a mix of never-before-seen games and new stuff for games we know about. So that's awesome. If you look at, like, last year, one of the one of the bigger reveals was Bayonetta 3. That was a big surprise. There was also um, the <laughs> motorcycle got added to Breath of the Wild. So weird stuff happened yeah. there. I don't, we I saw that more. Is a big reveal. That's kind of people were people very were happy. No, I'm not saying people weren't. I'm just you know. I like how we're just attacking well, Matt. Yeah. Now. Yeah. What well, are you talking about? <laughs> so I will say the cool thing about that reveal was that it was one of those, and you can play it right now right. type of things. Um, so I'm hoping for that here. But obviously, um, Death Training is probably a big one. He's friends with Kojima. Kojima has brought. Uh-huh. Some form of this game to literally every trade show. So they're, uh, they're bros. They're yeah. they're good pals there. Um, so I'm sure we'll see something for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not it's a release date, I really hope it's a release date. I would love to find out that that game is much closer than I expected. Yep, uh, that would be very cool. Um, one thing interesting on Kojima, who is always going to different places and taking photos and stuff, he posted a photo from uh, some Fox office where he was uh, sort of hard posing, hard styling with a with a xenomorph egg. He was just kind of hanging out with that, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm here at the al- I'm at the aliens room or whatever." And mm-hmm. then from the Game Awards account, there was a nice uh, little sort of res- response to that. And then just yesterday, a game called Alien Blackout got trademarked. Uh, Suspicious. Which seems like maybe we're going to get a new Alien game. Uh, now the background on this uh, is that it uh, Cold Iron Studios, uh, which got picked up by Fox Next, which is the Fox wing of uh, they're kind of do- you know doing their own sort of WB Games approach. Um, they have been working on an Aliens-based game for PC and consoles, which would have, I believe, a multiplayer component of some sort. It's supposedly going to be a shooter. We don't know much about it beyond that. But uh, I kind of hope we get a new Aliens game. Me too. I've Yeah, I mean, you and I have long sort of just gushed about how awesome that franchise is. It's 
fantastic. I even seen a more shirt. Yeah, even How even even the bad ones have some good stuff in them, except for AVP, which is whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But there's Alien, like a certain I, level of cheesiness that you've got to appreciate. Yeah, the the first one actually has some interesting stuff. Um, but the last <laughs> game we got was just a few years ago was uh, Isolation, which was a really awesome take. Yeah, and before you go in the comments and start saying that Ryan McCaffrey got something wrong, just just ignore the score, um, okay? No, I, I will say that that game was was way longer than it had any right to be. That was the biggest issue with that game. And yes, like sometimes having more sandwich doesn't make it a better sandwich. It mm-hmm. just means you have a lot of food to eat. Um, this was a really cool take on it because it's completely locked into that sort of feeling that the original Alien movie had of be- basically being Ripley uh, in the ship on your own and hiding from something that was stalking you. It played off of... Uh, like a lot of sort of big horror games that were happening at the time, like yeah, Amnesia what, and what's uh, the other one? The big one that I'm forgetting just launched on Switch recently. Uh, Outlast. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it was like 20 hours long, which is kind of ridiculous, yeah. and it kind of got over the top of the end. And a couple of years before that, um, I don't want to talk about Alien Colonial Marines because <laughs> that game. That game. But was a couple very years bad. before that, uh, there was the one that Sega made, yeah, which the, was like that was Alien, Alien vs. Predator, Predator yeah. that also had a Space Marine angle yeah, to it. Yeah, it was that was you know, three-pronged approach, which was, of yeah. course, sort of the... That was, like, a uh, less well-received version of the old PC, yep. Alien versus Predator 2, that was which like, everyone praises as the best one. Yeah, 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 which was, I think, 2010. Um, and I actually liked that one a lot. Um, so what yeah. kind of combination do you guys hope in the next one? So I do want... Maybe just, like, in chapters, so it That's a really good question. Yeah, I would, love, I would love a story that does have that sort of, like, stealth hiding aspect to it, but then also lets you go guns out. Because, I, like, me, gun to head, if you ask me which you like better, Alien or Alien, I can't really tell you because some days I like one and some days I like the other. Yeah. So the thing I love, I love Alien and Aliens. I would say probably equally, but they're very different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, whereas I can watch a horror movie, I don't really like playing horror games that much. And like Isolation, I respect the hell out of that game, but I was just it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so I like I just I don't, I don't like no I don't like shit jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. You know I don't like That's the fair. thing about a horror it's movie is if you sit there with your hands over your eyes. The movie progresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's a game and there's a thing down the hallway that's going to kill you, I'm just like, I'm not going down yep. that hallway. And then you just stay in the hallway. Yeah, I know. You know? I mean, that, that's why like Let's Plays for uh, for horror games are so popular because mm-hmm. watching someone else play is totally different from you actually playing. Yeah. But, I will uh, say that if they do capture any of that, um, please put it on PSVR. Please do that. Yeah. Like, get get that horror element, that first person horror element. Um, that said, I will say I don't want any. I don't want any shit where you play as the alien. I hate that. It never works. Mm, yeah. When you're like crawling on the ceiling, it's just so goofy. It completely breaks. Yeah, I feel like the time for that has, has kind of passed. They yeah. were toying with that that asymmetrical multiplayer with uh, with Colonial Marines, uh, and then like Evolve came out, and then I don't know. I feel like that that ship has sort of sailed. And, like, I, I, gonna... I still like the conceit of it in general, but it doesn't yeah. work in the sense of like that's supposed to be the primary thing of tension for you. So in a multiplayer setting, okay, maybe, but in general, it's just like I this feels wrong. Like I should not be the thing that is hunting I, me. I don't think a lot of video game developers really understand how boring it is to climb through uh, air conditioning vents. <laughs> yeah, that's and yet fair. we have to do that in like every game. <laughs> yeah. Every game has <laughs> vents. Yeah. Turns out they're all loading screens. They're, yeah, they're a big part of, of, mm-hmm. of Aliens lore though, the but vents. Back to what we were saying, I do want it to be very Aliens inspired where it's guns out, shooters, um, you know, uh, just huge mech suits and, and uh, yeah. flamethrowers and yeah. grenades. Like, I don't know where that franchise exists right now because the last movie we got was Alien Covenant which is of course more rooted in Prometheus and kind of the horror stuff but doesn't have any of like the Sid Mead uh, world design that the like none of the sci-fi stuff or not the the, the mechanical stuff which mm-hmm. is so I don't know if it's going to be it's supposed to be a shooter I guess I don't know what that looks like um, I guess we'll have to wait and find out but 
it's something to look forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's that. Um, yeah, I'm sure by the time this episode goes up, something else will get trademarked or leaked or whatever. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, we have to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. Borderlands 2 VR is just about to be a very real, actual thing thanks to PlayStation VR. What a world! What a virtual reality world! Finally, the iconic shooter looter is getting in your face, on your face. Come December, you can virtually step into the boots of a treasure-seeking vault hunter armed with 12 bazillion guns on a quest to stuff your pockets with even more guns. Blast bandits with real-world aiming, punch psychos in the literal virtual face, and race around in stolen vehicles and free Pandora from Handsome Jack's virtual reality clutches which are now even more handsome and even more clutchy thanks to PlayStation VR. In case you live on a distant fictional planet under a piece of scrap metal, PlayStation VR brings gaming to virtual reality. It makes your heart race, your pupils dilate, and your instincts take over as you discover new worlds. With PlayStation VR, you can fully immerse yourself in more than 250 incredible games and counting. Keep an eye out for Borderlands 2 VR on PlayStation VR. Greatness awaits. Uh, moving on, Andrew, we hey. brought you here for a very specific reason. Oh. You've been dancing all night. I have. I've been dancing Star Night and Moon Night. <laughs> Moon Night? Yeah, it's uh, Persona 3 and 5 dancing are out very soon. These uh, come out December 4th? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, beginning of next week. And we uh, we didn't have a review for it because it was just like with Thanksgiving, there wasn't really time to jump as deep as I'd like to. But um, man, those games are so fun and, and perfect fan service. Uh, especially Persona 3. It's really weird seeing how many people, I think, are jumping back into that, not having played it in like eight or nine years mm-hmm. and are remembering that there's like a lot of like magic to those characters. Oh, and you see it in like everything's in HD and it's so pretty. What are these games, you weird man? Uh, <laughs> they're okay, so uh, they're dancing based spinoffs of Persona 3 and Persona 5 because about two years ago we already got one from Persona 4. Uh, that was dancing all night. Mm-hmm. And that one is Persona 4 dancing was very much <laughs> weirdly had very little dancing in it. Uh, that one was actually a pretty long. It had like a campaign. It was like a visual novel. These are much more arcadey and pick up and play. And um, you basically, you know, play through a bunch of uh, they're They're really cool, like remixes of existing Persona 3 and Persona 5 songs. And then they have like live performances and they have all kinds of other stuff. Um, pretty basic rhythm game as far as like this stuff. But then there's um, a uh, like confidant, like a social link mode where you get these little vignettes and eventually you get to this point where you can like, you like go to characters' rooms and like explore. Okay. And what? you can do that in, in PSVR. So oh, whoa. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It, you like, like poke around their apartments? And- yeah. You just find little cute like Easter eggs and stuff they have hidden. And like uh, one of the ways you unlock that's the final- called robbing. Well, it's like they they leave you in there for a reason. Like everybody's like, oh, like hang out in my room. I have to go downstairs and make yeah, go through my stuff while (laughs) I'm gone. That's that's really strange. Uh, And you find there are like these hidden velvet room invitation cards, and you get those, and then you can unlock like stuff that comes later. So, like, cool. Is there a physical aspect to the dancing part? Like, are you using no controllers or it's it's all dual shock? That stuff's all dual shock, and it's um. It's on it's digital on Vita or digital or physical on, on PS4. And yeah, I mean, like, it's really cute. Like, it, one of the weird things is moments like this, like, you call in, like, a partner to dance with, and they do these really, really funny uh, fan servicey things where, like, if one character doesn't get along with another one, they'll, like, be giving each other dirty looks while they're dancing, which looks really great in a video, but is, like, hard to appreciate while you're playing. Mm-hmm. So it's also weirdly a fun game to watch other people play. Oh, okay. cool. And for people who like whose first exposure to Persona was Persona Five, would you recommend this? Does it yeah, have the, absolutely. Does it have like uh, storytelling components to it too, or little tiny ones? Yeah, like there's those little social links that get you these funny little vignettes, and like some of them do reference Persona Five plot points, and they're just like they're just these kind of feel good 
distracting, fun games. Uh, and like it, the thing about Persona games is the music is so, so, so yeah. good. No, and so like if you fall in love with the P3 or P5 soundtrack, um, I think they're really good. Plus, Persona 4 Dancing only was on Vita. And now, if you buy these, it's a triple pack. So you oh, get cool. Persona 4 on PS4 for the first time, and or Persona 4 Dancing, to be clear. And then uh, Persona 3 and 5 Dancing with it. And they're fun. They're really coming, easy platinums, too. Are these coming to Vita, too? Uh, 3 and 5 are coming just uh, digitally, not okay. physical in the U.S. So if still, still, if you still have a Vita, you can, you can download yeah. them? They're really good on Vita. They're really good on planes Sweet. with headphones. And they're just, I mean, number one are, are, again, really easy platinums. But number two, it's just like, it's a really easy kind of, low effort way to dip back into that world without doing a hundred hour replay of Persona 5. Awesome. Um, now, speaking of dipping back into worlds, you've been dipping back into the streets of New York City in the Spider-Man DLC, which you were yeah. dying to talk about. Yeah, I just, I really, I'm I'm so happy that we get an excuse once a month to go back to Spider-Man mm -hmm. uh, because like, you know, the main game is funny because I, I love it and I love playing it and like, I, I think it, it isn't perfect but it is probably the game i played this year that i think about the most often in terms of playing i tweeted a bunch recently about how god of war was my game of the year and a bunch of people were like i agree but also spider-man is more fun and i was like yeah mm -hmm. you're right yeah because like you you can have a game of the year that's different than the thing that was the most fun there is nothing like spider-man this year like whipping yeah. around in that world is is exactly what we wanted yeah, and I played the first leather jacket. These DLCs are like really fun little, you know, what two or three hour total things to just burn through. Um, the first one, like I beat everything in one sitting. Mm -hmm. uh, this one came out during Thanksgiving week, so I'm, I just got a chance to dive into it this weekend. But I actually, they do like really smart little character things with some of the characters in the main game, and I like that these feel episodic. Like they're they're all part of the same story. Yep. So it's just like a an easy little continuation. I, I think the story for this one's under ninety minutes. Like you can burn through it pretty fast. I think this is a fantastic way to take lesser known Spider-Man villains and give them their own sort of like episodes yeah. within this game rather than waiting for a mm -hmm. whole sequel or anything. Um, I'd be interested interested to see if they ever do anything like this, but with bigger villains, like yeah, they do Venom or Carnage, like as DLC. I feel like down they're the line. gonna they're gonna save that for the. I do too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it would have gotten like I'm actually happy they still have some heavy hitters to save because I think the first game has some iconic villains, but not all of them. Like I feel like you don't want 30 villains and then nothing left for the sequel. Well, I actually really like and Max, you haven't played it yet, but I'm excited for you to go back and play this stuff. But the Tombstone side quest stuff in yeah. the main game is really well done. And it's just like a fun boss fight and then some Mary Jane sneaky bullshit. That's exactly what these are though. Like I mean like the this one, uh the first one, the first DLC did have it was all black hat oriented. It, it does have one Mary Jane mission. And then this one, Turf Wars, is all just Spider-Man. It's, it's, I think, even a little shorter. How, cool. um, How quickly did you sort of, like, acclimate with the controls again? Honestly, pretty quick, pretty quick. I thought it was going to be really bad, but yeah, it, it took me a minute to remember little things like how to heal and how mm -hmm. to activate my suit power. But like you remember in two seconds, I think it's because like really nothing has played like this. I remember yeah. going from Horizon to Breath of the Wild back to Horizon, and it felt weird because those games were pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's, a, there's like a baked in muscle memory for Spider-Man. Yeah. There's something about like that that traversal and that yep. and the combat's sort of Arkham-y enough that it's, I don't know, oh, we all yeah. have that muscle memory. Just kind of baked square in. Yeah. I've been playing point, a ton yeah. of Red Dead, which is just com so completely diagonal from where this game yeah. is. So. I've got, I'm saving up these, uh, you know, the DLC and also like I, I left a bunch of side missions untouched because I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna have to come back to this game for DLC eventually. Yeah. So like I, I have probably like a, I don't know, like a, a quarter of that game maybe you probably have like yeah. 20 hours of like that's like yeah. christmas Rhymes break and yeah. yeah that's plenty of it's stuff so to good do, so. i mean honestly like for i'm doing the screwball challenges right now and it, it's totally perfect to throw on a podcast or whatever a netflix show and just kind of do it in the background yep um i do you know i like having these once a month 
they have a third one that's announced called Silver Lining that is supposed to come out in December. I would almost love to see them push it. Like, I, I wouldn't be upset to have this come in January or February and, and be a little meteor. Well, what's really cool is for anybody who gets who gets the game for Christmas is they're like, oh, hey, there's the full game, and, and then there's this extra season of right. you know, DLC. Which, yeah, I really like the way you switch between them, too. You do it in the menu, and you literally switch to a different campaign. So yeah. you're just in, like, it doesn't, like, the map completion from the main game isn't affected. This is a completely separate thing. You oh, can nice. leave or come back to at any time. It's really, really nice. Which, by the way, um, a a ton of people bought this game over the weekend through Black Friday and Cyber Monday. The uh, PlayStation 4, um, I guess like what the, the base level PS4 with Spider-Man was $199. Um, which, which is insane. Just completely insane. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you're if you're digging into this for the first time, um, check out our wiki. They have tons of cool stuff there that you can find. Um, this was... Yeah, this is just I, I loved hundred percenting this game. This game is this game is so much fun. Like mm -hmm. I think that like when I finished it, I was like, God of War is a better game, but I think I like this one more. Yeah, that's I think that's like kind of what I was like touching on. It was like yeah, it's it's and it's hard to quantify that. Right? I think end of the day, this game made me happiest this mm -hmm. year. Like I, as far as just having those moments of just like oh sheer childlike joy. Yeah, we absolutely. should definitely have like our big you know game of the year episode debates on this. Oh, show, we will. But yeah, yeah. But I think that like that's a really cool thing to sort of think about when you're thinking about like how this year worked for you as a gamer and what you played this year. For me, like God of War, like hit all the notes story wise. But I don't think I ever want to play it again because it was just you so know, perfect right there. I thought that too, but like I I actually just jumped in for a little bit recently and like. It's interesting how you remember something versus when you just put your hands in the controller again. Like combat feels so good in that game oh, too, God, and like it's awesome. Once you have like the really like high level abilities and and even just having your axe come back to you, like it it feels better than mm -hmm. I remembered. Like it is it is still an incredibly fun game to play. Yeah, but I so I think like what I'm trying to say is like there's there's a difference between like the best game you played, the most fun you, game you played, and the game you played the most. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like there are there, three very different Yeah, because there's, I, I think, like, Pokemon for you is probably the game you end up, you're end up playing the most this year, right? Or Pokemon Go, uh, probably again. Well, yeah. That's but true. is that is that the best <laughs> game of the year? No, no, probably no. I not. mean, right now, like, it would take, and I'm I'm barely into Red Dead, but, like, it would take so much to topple God of War for my game Same. of the year. Um, In terms of, like, the best game of the year, God of War is, like, it for me right now. Mm -hmm. But that said, yeah, I don't know that that's the game when I'm, like, like, oh, I have an hour to kill. It's not necessarily the one I feel like jumping yeah. into. Um, now, moving on, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's out this week. Uh, we are definitely kind of, we're sort of shaking the bottom of the bag to yeah. get the last few games of, of the year out there. Um, it's always weird after after like Black Friday and Cyber Monday where you're just like, oh, they all came out. They're yeah, all trying to get in front of that busiest shopping week of the year. There's yeah. still like like Darksiders and Just Cause. And yep. Um, Smash Brothers is coming out. Like this, this is just... Come on. Yeah, there's some Guacamelee 2 DLC on November 28th. We're getting a character pack on December 7th. There's challenge levels. Friendly reminder to please play that game. That yeah. game is phenomenal, and I don't think enough of you played it. And it's on PlayStation, and it's really goddamn good. Yeah, it's a hard year because uh, that came out um, right around the time Dead Cells was out, yep. and uh, obviously Hollow Knight, and there's like all these things that are really. Uh, so not really that similar when you actually play them, but like they kind of scratch the same itch. Yep. Uh, and then here for 2D stuff. There's yeah, also absolutely. the uh, Darksiders 3, which I feel like has been in the works for forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this was, I mean, it's it's at that weird point where like, I feel like THQ Nordic is just resurrecting THQ very gradually. Yeah. Like, scooping up all these little bits and pieces they're of like, old franchises. They're and, wearing its skin. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, they're, 
That's gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a franchise that I never, like, I could never get behind. Uh, I know a lot of people love it because it's like, it's like gritty image comics takes takes on Zelda, kind of. Yeah, that's, you just described exactly why I never yeah. really got into Which it. Which is, I know, like, Alana Pierce, who used to be on the show, like, adored that those games, but, like, I feel like our difference in, like, what, like, what that aesthetic is, yep. is completely differs, so. Uh, well, the thing is with video games is that ultimately you have to look at them the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't like the art of what you're looking at, which is why I bring up like art direction and aesthetics on the show like every goddamn day. Um, that really makes a big difference between loving it or not. Also, the reviews for this game are wildly all over the place. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that we gave it, what, a seven? We gave it a seven. GameSpot gave it a four. Everyone's been somewhere in between those two. Okay. Yeah. It, so so it's, it doesn't sound like a game of the year contender, but it's... But I think if you really like that series, there's probably still something there for you. Yeah, totally. It's funny because like I didn't get as into Darksiders 1. I weirdly really got into Darksiders 2, but I hit around the halfway point of that game. You, you're building up to doing a thing, and when you finish doing that thing, they're like, oh, now go do these five things, and it opens up again to like a whole other half of a game, and I just stopped there. I mean, mm. even though the game like wasn't, or those games weren't for me, I feel really bad for that, like the wind being taken out of that studio's sails, Definitely. because they like, they got their, their shit shut down. They got completely, yep. you know, decimated, and this is like, this was supposed to be a franchise about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, which is yeah. a cool, ambitious idea. I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe do one game about four horsemen and then work from there, but doing one horseman at a time is an interesting approach. So Yeah. It's um, I mean it's a, it's also a weird time to put it out. Yeah. But it's it's out there. Uh and then next Monday, we're finally getting the PlayStation Classic. Ooh. Little box uh, that everyone's Okay, so yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that because the review embargo for that lifted today. Yeah, uh, if you're listening or yesterday, whenever yeah. it was. Um, and people are pretty lukewarm on it. Yeah, um, we gave it like a five. We gave something? it a five point five. Yeah, it's really uh, the, hard. The to review not, is up. Like not having it. Just there are so many games that are so important to that console that aren't on it. Yeah, yeah. and so I don't want to say this thing was doomed from the start. Um, but I will say that it did fumble out the gate. Um, the first time we heard Wind of the PlayStation Classic, which if you're uninitiated is a tiny PlayStation with what 20 classic games on 20 it. Classic games, it's 100 bucks, 100 100 controllers, bucks. yeah, non dual shock, yep, yeah, no. Uh, and here's, I mean, it's I did a plug and play system yeah. like the NES or SNES classic, obviously. And we first heard about this thing, we only knew about like what four or five games, yeah, it was five games, and they were yeah. like pre order now, and we're like, but what are the other 15 yeah. games? Yeah. It, it felt kind of sketchy from the jump. Uh-huh. Um, but this, this felt like one department pitching something cool and a different department working with third parties on these remasters. And then they both got into the same meeting room and went, oh, you can't put Resident Evil 2 on there. And like, yeah. oh, you can't put Prop on there. And like, I, I feel like it's just, it, it's in this really weird boat where the things I remember when I think of PlayStation aren't the things I can play on it. So that aside, um, because I that I think we've like we've all done the conversation about like what's missing, but to talk about what's actually there, yeah. Um, I think the issue is that from what is there, um, a lot of it is a either like the weird PAL version that has like 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 uh, was it Tekken has like weird frame hiccups and stuff like that. The UI is completely bare bones. Yeah. So I mean, um, the, there's the, a, there's a lot of things about it that just sort of like yeah. on quality quality of life levels don't feel like the the perfect way to sort of celebrate the system. Yeah, or archive the games. I feel it. like it shouldn't have been that hard to drop like virtual manuals in there or you know stuff have like, like have box art like just detailed stuff i mean there's this little box art but like stuff where it's just a really the like, nes and SNES classic had um had like a qr code thing you could scan with your phone that would pull up like uh manual pdfs that i think that it has that does it have but that? having like i don't know having any kind of like just it, it doesn't feel like it 
it feels kind of homebrew in a weird yeah. way. It does. And like uh, almost sort of like, I don't want to say like soulless, but just sort of yeah. kind of empty, like a DVD menu. I mean, the uh, the sort of the bottom line here on our review is the PlayStation Classic is more like a half-hearted nod than a top-shelf tribute to Sony's era-defining console. Um, I did a I did a video feature which should be going up really soon about sort of like how, is this worth it like is this what what's the breakdown here and basically if you're looking to get these 20 games legally this is the cheapest way to do it definitely yeah uh, you still can't play them with a with a DualShock controller do you which know is sort of a bummer. what the what the rarest game like Persona Persona hands down is is the is the hardest one how much get. does that one go uh, for that goes for like 60 bucks loose yeah, okay. with just the disc oh wow. um, so yeah. not even complete. and that's I mean if you were to buy but, all these discs loose I think it would be around 200 bucks and that's not even like those might be scratched up and useless if you're a, if you played persona 5 don't buy this for revelations persona like you will not it is yeah. it is nothing like the modern persona games it's like really interesting lore wise if you want to be really nerdy but like i've actually never made it all the way through it it is mm. um it is very whereas like persona 2 i think would have been awesome to have on here um there are two different versions of it and i think it's a little bit more getting closer to kind of what defines the Persona franchise. But Revelations is, is yeah. a very different game. Uh, it's th- weird. A bunch of stuff on there. Um, there's also a, four games aren't available digitally. Um, and it's, let's see, Intelligent Cube is only Japanese PSN. So Which is a really cool game, that. by the way. Yeah. Uh, Tekken 3, Battle Arena Toshinden, and Grand Theft Auto, uh, you cannot get on PSN. Mm-hmm. So there's basically no option to get those legally. Like I don't, you, I don't know if you just buy them for PC or I don't know what what you do for that. You know, oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, and then, ironically, if the option to play this these games on PS4 through PSN, like to get a membership for a year of PlayStation Now is a hundred bucks. Yeah. So if you want to play these games, these seventeen or sixteen games or what, like whatever the hell it is, the the full roster that's on this little box, you don't want to pay a hundred bucks for the thing. You got to pay hundred bucks to. Stream it through your, your PlayStation yeah, Four. It's I will just, say, I will say this: um, this is a hundred dollars, and a PS Four with Spider Man is two hundred dollars. Yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't want to like equate quality to value and stuff like that. But what what bums me out about this thing is that this is not, this is not like we talked about, you know, GTA Online earlier, right? Where it launched and it was sort of like halfway there, and then it grew to something bigger. This thing is is done. Yeah, like this is Tony. Uh, Tony, Sony put the system out. <laughs> Tony PlayStation, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> hey, come on down to Tony PlayStation. All right, um, no, Sony put this thing out, and it's just like halfway there, and it will be halfway there forever. Yeah, yeah like there's mean, no way to. I mean, fix maybe this. we get a PS PS one, like the, the little tiny one, and they shrink yeah, that down even that, more. And that'd be do like a weird iterative. Make I do think yeah. that, like, if you are the most diehard PlayStation collector, it is really cute. Like the the physical form factor of it is cute. It will look great in a shelf, even if you don't play it. Like as a collectible, it's mm-hmm. actually kind of cool. Yeah, I will a little say pricey, but it's yeah. cool. I have the NES and SNES Classic, like on the, each side of my soundbar under me my too. TV, and they're just like they bring me joy just looking at them. So if you want a tiny PlayStation or a Tony PlayStation, Tony you PlayStation. know where to get it. Uh, I I will say though that like most. Most of the chatter around this thing is stuff that we don't know yet, which we will find out very soon, which is whether or not this thing is hackable and if there's a homebrew scene available to, to exist. I mean, on. that could but, very much change what this device is. But yeah. Uh, yeah, at the point where you're doing that, though, like there 
other options that yeah I, I don't again know. yeah but don't be one of those like those you know those raspberry pie guys well the raspberry you know pie guys, guys well, will be soon to chime in here. i, have one of I those, guess i'm yeah. more saying that like if you are desperate to play final fantasy 7 there are many 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 other ways to play final get it on your phone what, no, what get it on people, playstation 4 what people want and what they did with the nas and the snes classic which we they'll hopefully be able to do here is hack this thing so they have a small playstation they can throw in their backpack bring it to their friends and be like you have resident evil you have tomb raider you have crash bandicoot you have metal gear all the classics so like you got ape escape and it's like yeah but we don't have dual shot controllers <laughs> yeah oops exactly. anyway uh yeah yeah, so it's that's kind of a kind of a bummer. I was I was like, ah, is this gonna be the is gonna am I gonna do it for Puzzle Fighter and Metal Gear? And we got to play with one, and I was like, nah. Did you guys have pre-orders? I, no, uh, no, I don't anymore. But you can't. So you canceled it this week? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was kind of on the fence to begin with. I'm here's my thing with these consoles in general. When it, I think the NES Classic was what sixty bucks, yeah, which is the perfect impulse buy. It's like buying a game. As these things edge to a hundred, mm-hmm. it is less of a like seriously like for the. At most half of the library I'm interested in, like I'd rather buy it piecemeal, yeah. Or even on Vita, dude. Like on Vita, you can get these PS1 classics for like much less than buying this entire thing. Uh, Isn't PS TV also a great way to play a lot of these games? Uh, Yeah, I still have my my Vita TV. Um, It's a memory card that'll cost you though. Yeah, that's true. You know, would be a nice a nice thing would be a, a, a. Vita memory card to SD micro SD adapter that would be great that would solve all the Vita's problems. God, I wish. I don't, anyway, I think for the people who got can, this thing, like if if it knowing all of this, armed with it, this knowledge, if it still sounds appealing to you, good on you. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like no, I don't it's, like like I like it. I just I don't know. It's not. It doesn't quite pull it off for me. The so. way that I play stuff in the backlog, I have it just not for me right now. So I mean, looking at it, like the the big problem is pretty much uh not just activision and doing their remasters and stuff but also like the licensing issues run into with gran turismo having official cars and uh licensed music tracks on tony hawk and then yeah anyway mr driller used to have like an entirely eminem soundtrack and that's crazy yeah not a lot of people remember that mr driller lp uh anyway we got to wrap things up uh thank you all very much for joining us uh jonathan dornbush will be back probably next week i don't know i don't know where he is i can't say anyway uh you can find us all on twitter i'm max scoville brian is agent bizzle and andrew is garfep tina i think it's just tina amini but she left so i can't ask her mm-hmm. and we'll be back in a week for more playstation beyond tony playstation i just said playstation beyond that's not even the name of the show oh what they fired me as host big tony playstation they should get tony playstation to take over. tony playstation <laughs> hey there it's rachel ballinger and i am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.